Hello, and welcome back to the Preferred Walk-Ons podcast. Happy 2023. We are recording this on January 2nd during the Rose Bowl, which we will try not to just, you know, give you score updates as that, because that probably wouldn't be worth much listening to It's not later. great for the podcast medium. No. Yeah. But, but happy new year. Happy new year. New, new year, new us. New year, same us. Same us. Yeah. So I think the, the main thing I want to talk about out of the gate is how was your trip to the Duke's Mayo Bowl? Oh, boy. I saw so many people eat obscene amounts of mayonnaise. They just do that at the game. I don't know how much of that they show on TV, but on the Jumbotron, they just keep showing them going up to people with like tubs of mayonnaise and are like, here, eat this. And are like, put it on weird snacks and like... So they did, they did have at the booth, they made the announcers eat it with um, macaroons. Oh, interesting. Because they did Oreos last year, mm. uh, famously. And then, so that's interesting. Yeah, they did like a segment where they went up to fans and were like, here's a bunch of like somebody, like an Uncrustable, like a PB&J. Oh. Yeah. There, there were things that like clearly people did not enjoy. There were a couple of people who were like, oh, okay, this isn't that bad. And there was one where like there's a guy who was the, uh, I guess, the millionth fan to attend the Duke's Mayo Bowl or maybe to attend the bowl game in Charlotte. I don't really know how that metric was decided. Um, But they just handed him a big tub of mayonnaise and like a spatula and just (laughs) had him go at it. So that was a little weird. Here you go, buddy. But I assume you really were more interested in the actual game. No, I I want to know all about the experience. So. So lots of mayonnaise. It's kind of interesting that they use it as here are some terrible tasting things to put our product on. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of a weird advertising? It is. I, th- I yeah. I mean, I think that they're banking that there's going to be more of the like, oh, this was surprisingly good. I mean, that's kind of what happened with the Oreos last year. They were kind of like, this is weird, but like it kind of works. Not that I have tried it or would try it. I was going to say, did you try anything with mayonnaise? No, but I did get, I wish I had it. They gave out commemorative mayonnaise jars. So so my wife and I now have two jars of Duke's mayonnaise that have the Maryland logo and the NC State logo on it. Because, you know, as an NC State fan, I will always want to remember this game. Right, yeah. So not a great performance from NC State. Well, specifically from the offense, right? right? Defense played well, as usual. Christopher Dunn. Uh, Lou Groza award winner. He is the best kicker in the country, and he showed it again. Dave it's Doran. Never, it's never good when you start at we did well with kicking. Kicker yeah. talk. Yeah. It's bad. Um, Go ahead. I, I mean, things we learned, right? Like, so MJ Morris, they held him out uh, at quarterback. Apparently, he had kind of been sore. Injury flared up a little bit pregame, and they decided to play, play it safe, which I understand. This indicates that they know what I feel I also know which is that he is your guy. Moving forward, MJ Morris seems to be, or at least the indications are there that he is the quarterback of the future. I mean, in games he's played, he had eight touchdowns to just one interception. You were there at the Virginia Tech game when he came in. He brings a spark to that offense. What we also learned, Ben Fenley, uh, one-hit wonder. Like, thank you for your service against Mm -hmm. Carolina. No doubt, dude came in and and was heroic and, and led us to that win. He looked like a semi-competent quarterback at best in that bowl game. Conservative play calling, but the other two... You just got to get Robert and I in there. Once he's in there... Hey, he was there. He was there taking notes. He's ready, uh, you know, to figure it all out. 
he's just there with a tape measure, just measuring, you know, to see like, oh yes, this will this office will suit me nicely. <laughs> it was an interesting situation because like, so uh, uh, Kurt Roper, the quarterbacks coach, was calling the plays, and you could see that it had a different rhythm to it. It obviously wasn't great. There were some coaching decisions that my dad and I have argued a lot about in terms of some, um, you know, there were the the last field goal they kicked to make it uh, 13-12. I felt that they should have gone gone for it and tried to score a touchdown. I just think a field goal there doesn't really – it's a bowl game. It's You're in the Mayo Bowl. Like, don't don't play it safe. Just Just go for it, right? And we didn't. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of significant performances I felt just like – so Drake Thomas, a linebacker, declared that he was going to enter the draft shortly before the game. And this was an audition game for him. I mean, you could see it. He he plays with his pants on fire all the time. But he just looked like it was unreal. Um, 11 tackles, one sack, four tackles for losses. Like, the dude was playing uh, out of his mind. Tanner Engel had one of the best hits I've seen in a bowl game outside of the Javian Clowney hit. You know, if he had forced a fumble... It would have been probably in line, but there's a running play where he just shoots into the backfield and it's absolutely decapitates the Maryland running back. You know, I'd like to put a bolo out for NC State's running game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I don't, um, I don't know. We ran for like 27 yards in that game, I think, total. So that was bad. Peyton Wilson, uh, linebacker extraordinaire who is always hurt. Two sacks. Um, he announced he's coming back. So there's some, there's some hope, some weird hope. And then, you know. I did. I texted you. I uh, went to the bathroom like at the end of the game before mm-hmm. we left the stadium and heard an NC State fan saying he would pay a million dollars for Brennan Armstrong to suit up for the Wolfpack next year. So, um, hey, I'm sure he's considering it. Yeah, along there with were Oklahoma so, State and other places, and so. no longer Wisconsin apparently. Not Wisconsin, since they got Mordecai. Right. The um, there were lots of moments to confirm your like NC State is the most delusional fan base. Theory, okay. just lots of things that I, you know, I, I heard multiple fans talking Devin Leary and like, like Ben Fenley would make a bad throw and they'd be like, oh, that's a Leary throw. And I'm like, that guy oh, was come on, man. like one of the best quarterbacks that ever played for us last, just last year and then got hurt. This like, you know, they're just so quick to, oh, that guy sucks, you know, cause he's going to go to Kentucky. But I don't know. There were just things like that. And just kind of, in fact, actually there was, um, a fan talking about the Devin Leary transfer to Kentucky. And they're like, yeah, I don't get why he would go to Kentucky. I mean, that's not... Which this part I kind of agree with. He was like, football-wise, that's not necessarily a better spot than NC State. You know, whatever. We could argue about that. That ignores the situation and why he's leaving, which... Anyway. But then, in that sentence, the fan goes, I mean, basketball, like, maybe that's a better place than NC State. Okay. Right. And I was just, <laughs> I, I like, I cracked up. It was just like, <laughs> maybe? You like you think it's it's debatable that Kentucky might be a better basketball school than NC State? I think that's just absolutely hilarious to me that there are people who think that. But that's that's probably enough NC State for us. But yeah, yeah Mayo Bowl's fun. It's a great production. The Panthers players were there. You have Iki Yukwani who played at State was on the sideline. DJ Moore got booed in Bank of America Stadium um, because it's predominantly state fans there for that game. Maryland fans, super impressive. Didn't hear a word from them until there were like five minutes ago. I was going to ask, my one of my top questions was, were you assaulted at any point <laughs> no. during the game? No, That's I was... Good. I consider that a win. That's yeah. more of a win than winning the game. I think. It was more of just they barely cheered for their team until it became very clear they were going to win. 
Like, we just didn't hear them until about five minutes into the game. You got, like, a good old let's go Maryland chant while oh while there was an NC State player uh, down on the ground hurt. Mm, but, perfect. Um, perfect. Yeah, it was really cool. So, just... They can be they can be very selectively chesty mm-hmm. about when and they they don't care as much about football yeah. there. Either, I just but. barely noticed them honestly. Uh, it did smell faintly like Old Bay, um, <laughs> so they they did bring out the uh, um, pregame. They put out the largest uh, Maryland flag in existence was out on the field, and uh, I like I think like forty percent of the stadium vomited because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that's an ugly flag. Yeah. So anyway, they, they use it. They use it to scare divers away from um, <laughs> dangerous sounds. Um, well, I'm glad that you had fun. How was uh, UVA's bowl? Um, well, they, we focused on uh, <laughs> we for, we focused on getting better. One yeah, day that's at good. A time. That's have you because well, we'll talk recruiting later. But anyway. yeah, yeah, we can save that. Um, before we get into all that, we should we should probably talk about now that we've gotten the big bowl game out of the way, Duke's Mayo Bowl. We should talk about some of the side ones. the side bowl games, uh, including the college football playoff semifinals. Both games were amazing. The best ones, yeah, right. I mean, that, this was easily the best college football playoff semifinal. Uh, you know, I, I that's the argument I kept seeing when talking about expanding. Uh, people are like, well, the semifinal games haven't been good. Right, like largely they they haven't necessarily been, especially like the one four games. Right, have not been great. This was the like, oh really? Look at this because these were these games were tremendous. Like, but see, I've also seen now the opposite of people who are saying because the games are so good, are we going to dilute it by adding more games that mm. will likely not be as good? That's I personally don't buy into that. That's a dumb I, argument. I think more games against really good teams is going to result in more great days like yeah. it was the other day. Like you can't look at some of these other bowl games and say that like there couldn't be I mean even Tulane USC at time of recording just ended. Like you can't look at that game and tell me that that wouldn't be those two pe- those two teams involved in a playoff wouldn't lead to some more good games. Right. But we can focus on the TCU game first cuz that happened first, but the third quarter of that game was the drunkest, <laughs> most unbelievable quarter of football I think I've ever seen. So 44 points scored in the entire quarter, which is the most for any playoff game. But both teams both teams brought it offensively. Like J.J. Yes. McCarthy was dealing. But there were also several, there were multiple pick sixes. and Pick sixes. It wasn't just, you know. Right, but it it's just both teams were moving the ball, and it seemed like people were just running freely down the field. I mean, there were like four scores in the last three minutes of the quarter, Yeah, right, just between those two teams. So I don't know if I, – I certainly didn't think that TCU was going to win the game. I thought TCU would be competitive and mm-hmm. that Michigan definitely has some flaws – but I didn't think that they would be able to kind of manhandle Michigan at the line of scrimmage. That was the thing that was most surprising to me, uh, particularly in that TCU three-three-five defense that they have. Right? I, I thought that Michigan would be able to get more traction running the ball, but it was really more throwing the ball where they were successful. So yeah. I, I don't know what to make of that going forward. But I was I was surprised to see how well TCU matched up there. So and that was the thing, right? Going into the game, I think a lot of people looked at it and can TCU compete physically, right? And I think they sent a real message that, yes, they can, right? Duggan was only sacked one time. That O-line held up in pass pro. Then when you look at the running game, TCU, 263 rushing yards. Like, 
they ran the ball all over that that Michigan defense. And that's with Kendra Miller, their top running back, getting hurt, right? So the 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 O line was creating holes for them. Michigan only ran for 186 yards, and 93 half of those yards were on two runs, right? Right. So you had the Donovan Edwards big run at the beginning of the game, and then um, McCarthy had a 39 yarder uh, followed by a 20 yarder. So really, if you include that, like, the vast majority of, of Michigan's rushing yards came on three big plays. Versus it felt like TCU was just consistently getting seven, eight yards a carry. That physicality, like, if if TCU can do that, if they can hold their own in the trenches like that, especially their offensive line, because now, right, the matchup next week is different. That, Michi- that, that Georgia defensive line at least has the talent to be way more disruptive. So it, it, can they hold up against them? And I, I think they've got to feel encouraged with the way they held up against Michigan. Yeah, I think... I was really impressed with TCU's ability to run the ball, like having Miller go down and then Demarcado came in and immediately yeah. just picked up right where he left off. Max Duggan made great decisions throughout the game. I think I think that they, like, you never would have picked, predicted that TCU is going to put 51 points up no. against Michigan, no. right? Like Michigan, both, both of these teams are second-half teams, but Michigan had outscored teams and just worn them down over the course of four quarters being able to run the ball having having strength on the defensive line like it it was very surprising to me how well TCU held up um again I like I don't even want to just like transition quickly to the Georgia you know upcoming game because I think it just is amazing to take into consideration where TCU was where they were predicted preseason in the big 12 unranked unranked yeah unbelievable story for them in Sonny Dyke's first year even like it's not like he's been building towards this and they've been mm-hmm. close and they you know been dancing around it like they just showed up got the players and are now in the championship game and I've been doubting them all year honestly like there's been several times there's probably something on record on this podcast where I was like oh they're gonna lose this game you know so I, I think that it's it is impressive. I saw, I can't remember who tweeted this, but I saw this shortly after the, the bowl game, the semifinal game, where somebody had put out there, like, you know, so many of TCU's opponents this year have left the game just wondering, like, how did we lose that game? And add Michigan to the list, right? Of just, like, crazy things happening and TCU just finding a way, right? Which is is great for... It's a great story that you have to wonder, like... Does it come to an end? I've seen this final uh, branded as destiny versus dynasty. Mm. Like you have this like TCU feels like they just find a way versus Georgia. You look at it, it's like, yeah, you just expect them to win every game. So, so yeah, though, let's talk about that Georgia-Ohio State game. I, full disclosure, did not watch it live. I was at the Avett Brothers New Year's Eve concert. So... I only saw the last like 30 seconds on my phone. That's all you needed to see. And then I've gone back and I've watched some of it and looked at some stats and things, but I didn't watch it as it happened. So I'll kind of defer to you more on this. But Yeah, I think Ohio State played up to what you were worried about in previous podcasts when I was talking about it. So I, when you I, thought Georgia was going to I thought Georgia was going to really ground and pound them, and they were not able to. And Ohio State really was able to move the ball successfully were really was up almost the entire game, and, and Georgia kind of needed some luck to get into the situation where they were able to win the game. 
you know, people are people are pointing at Kirby Smart calling a, a timeout right before the fake punt that would have been successful. You know, Harrison going out with, you know, possible targeting hit that isn't called. So, you know, Ohio State really came to play. And their, and their defense played, even though, like, it's weird to say that they gave up 42 points. Like, their defense played better than I expected them to. And... Their talent at wide receiver and running back and offensive line was 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 clearly as as people thought that it might be. At the same time, like Georgia found a way, found a way to win the game that maybe they shouldn't have. Kirby Smart even said that after the game that they felt kind of lucky to win. Mm-hmm. Found a way to win, found a way to gut it out even with not the best performance from Stetson Bennett yeah. and score 42 points, which has been kind of Ohio State's problem is that they have not been able to put together a defense in the last couple of years that has been enough to compete at the highest level. They have mm-hmm. a, they have an offense that's very powerful. C.J. Stroud played an amazing game. I felt I felt sorry for him to have to lose that game. You could clearly see from his comments in the post game that he was really devastated by it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think Georgia played. Played, did enough, made the, enough plays to win a very close game. And I think they have to be the favorites by a significant amount over TCU, regardless of how great TCU's story is. So I think that there's a couple of things that, like, just from what I've seen and, again, kind of looking at stats and, and recaps in the game and, and things like this. Like, I mean, Georgia running game, not as good probably as it needs to be from kind of my understanding. D-line, maybe not as dominant as as it should be. I keep hearing people say that Stetson Bennett didn't have the best game. I mean, he threw for just under 400 yards, three touchdowns, ran for a touchdown. I, I Not having watched it, what was the... It just didn't look... It didn't look as... Like clean? It didn't look as clean. It looked a little okay. bit indecisive. Um, Kirby Smart right after the game even kind of threw shade at him and said like yeah you know quarterback's got to play better yeah so I saw that and that, that's why I was con- that that's what made me look at it right because I was confused because like just looking at the box score his stat line is almost identical to CJ Stroud who everybody's like CJ Stroud played his ass off and solidified himself as a top pick because like they have, literally have the same completions to attempts Setson Bennett threw for 50 more yards, one fewer touchdown, and one pick. Yeah, he had they had more chunk plays, right? Yeah. Like they they were able to put together some chunk plays against Ohio State's defense. Gotcha. Um, which I think is is something that this Georgia team, I think the the traditional view of Georgia is that they just have a million players on the de- defensive line and they just mash people up and they're going to score 20 points and that's going to be enough because they're going to stop people right like their offense actually is pretty competent with some explosive players oh yeah i mean they have a borderline nfl roster on both sides <laughs> right right so uh i think you can nitpick and say you know I, it, he didn't play a bad game okay it's it's just that i think he has the potential to play better and has and it, it's almost felt like at different times this year that georgia's just kind of been floating and it almost cost them in this game. They floated through the whole season, really, to get to this point, yeah. with a couple of exceptions of, like, they blew out Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, they they blew out LSU in the SEC championship right. game. And it felt like, okay, now, now that it matters, they're going to do it again. Mm-hmm. But then suddenly they found themselves down 11 in the third quarter of the game, and here's Ohio State that's really moving the ball. So what are yeah. you going to do about it? So impressed with their ability to be resilient, mm-hmm. but... It, it definitely isn't 
I don't think their team this year, and I don't think Kirby Smart would tell you that their team this year is as good as last year's team. Mm. But it doesn't matter. They're in the championship game, and now they are playing TCU. Well, it's so odd to compare it. You know, if you had talked about last year in the build-up to the national championship game, that, that a year from then, we'd be saying, oh, they need more from Stetson Bennett. Right. Whereas last year, it was just kind of like, can he just manage? Can he just not make big mistakes? And now they're like, the expectation is gonna is he's going to make big plays because he's done that much to prove himself that he is capable of being a big-time quarterback. It does seem that they're going to have to be better. And it feels like kind of this battle of, you know, Georgia's talent is undeniable. TCU, um, they obviously have talent. But it does feel like TCU is kind of about like the will to win, right? Can they find a way? It's going to be tough. Like this is no doubt the the hardest game that TCU has played all year um, in terms of having to face up to Georgia. It sounds like Kendra Miller is going to play. He said he's playing. Georgia does have the injury to Darnell Washington, right? Is he going to now? They've got other tight ends. Um, you know, Brock right. Bowers still exists, so I, I think they'll be okay if he doesn't play. But it's still that's a big matchup, like. You think about something like Darnell Washington, as big and fast as he is, like TCU doesn't have somebody who can match up with him. That being said, I think looking ahead, like Quentin Johnston for TCU is going to have a big, like Georgia's, their weakness in the, is their secondary mm-hmm. um, and their pass defense. And so that's it's going to be a big day. I think it's a fun quarterback matchup between Duggan and Stetson Bennett. Like I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's probably also a game that ends up in the 40s. We'll see if TCU can score like that against Georgia's defense, but I really think they can. I think it's going to be a really fun final. I want to complain for one second. I'm hoping this game gets rid of a thing that I see a lot of college and NFL coaches do that I think we need to get past as a society. Okay. Ohio State got into field goal range with 30 seconds left and two timeouts Mm -hmm. at the the 30-yard line on a big run from C.J. Stroud. And then kind of got slow to the line, ended up using a timeout. They end up throwing, but kind of safe throws. And then suddenly they leave themselves a 50-yarder to win the game. Yeah, That's a lot to put on that kid. It is. For, I mean, it would be a lot to put on an NFL kicker, right? Like, doesn't necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily expect a 50-yarder to go in. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate when coaches do that. Get when conservative just because they're on the edge of field goal range. Like, we, like, we ah, made it in. We're done. We're we can't turn it over. Yeah. Like, get in there and get into a position. And it doesn't have to be throwing the ball down the field. Like, you right. don't have to take a shot at the end zone. But, like... Get some yards. Get some Make yards. Make it more comfortable for the guy. I totally agree. I hate it. I, I I cannot stand it. And I get it. You have You have a pretty dependable kicker. And, you know... I don't know. I feel bad for... Well, let me rephrase that. I felt bad for the kid, and then I remembered that he started his career at Carolina. So, and finished it, at and Ohio finished State. it at Ohio State. Couldn't happen to a better person, honestly. But like you know, no, I do feel for him, and people are going to be un, you know awful to him. I'm sure he's getting death threats. Yeah, of course like he is. Which is which is her, I say, of course he is not as not he because should, he deserves it, but because, because it's Ohio State fans, right? Slash it's football whatever, fans, right. and we do that, and and it's I I have always respected the pressure that is on kickers and that's hard and like now he that kick looked like his he was playing madden and his controller died <laughs> like I, but 
But that's why you don't leave it to be 50 yards, No, right? you don't. Like you you can't to, do that. You have to get some more. And this happens all the time. It's like one of my least favorite things in sports. A team sneaks into field goal range. And you just know that even though they've been moving the ball effectively, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, well. We're here. We're, we got it. We've we won. arrived. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good game. And I think, you know, nobody wanted Ohio State to win outside of. Ohio State fans, we don't care what they want. So we almost as a I kind of wanted I kind of wanted them to win just so you could be wrong because you gave me so much about being wrong. wrong. Yeah. I thought they would win by a lot. I know, so but like having them, I had the text written. Like I literally had <laughs> talking text ready to send to you, uh, and just I had to delete it because they didn't quite pull it off. But and it didn't feel as good to be like, oh. You said Georgia was going to win by a lot, and they only won by a little. Like that—that that doesn't. Yeah, that would have been kind that of a feel the same text yeah. to get it twelve oh one. Yeah. Also, how cool was it that the yeah. like ball dropped right at the same? It was time pretty awesome. I I hated it just for my like experience. So like, some, my wife and I our tradition is we go to the Avett Brothers New Year's Eve concert, and so. They're always playing and they do a countdown and it's like this big moment. And I felt like I wasn't very present because I was like trying to watch this game on a really cell signal on my phone. (laughs) And so it's like kind of froze. I I mean, quite honestly, I didn't see the kick happen live because my phone froze. But the guy behind me was a Georgia fan and he started like cheering. So then I figured it out and then it played. And then my wife was like looking for her midnight New Year's Eve kiss. And I was just like, Ohio State. Oh, sorry. Uh, (laughs) Happy anniversary. Yeah, just like that's true love. Yeah, it is also our wedding anniversary. (laughs) That part of it is important. But yeah, but it was really cool. Like the the thing that I think you sent it to me where they took and synced up the um, clip of like the ball dropping along with the Ohio State radio call and all the angles of the kick. And then like. All of that happening all at the same time. And there's been some great videos of like Georgia sports bars with people cheering and then the, the ball. It's just like there are even cool. there are even better ones of some Columbus sports bars mm. where fans some balloons like come down <laughs> right as <laughs> right as midnight happens and all these people are angry and that's good. Oh that's good. I mean, yeah. Look, Ohio State football is like Duke basketball in terms of hateability and we, so. we almost had an Ohio State TCU championship, which I don't think this country could have recovered from. Yeah, you've been pretty anti-TCU through this whole thing, huh? Yeah. I uh, Listen, their team team is super fun to watch. Uh, this is based on purely knowing some people who went to TCU, and I would not... I would not let them feed my cats. Like, I... Mm. I no. I, I don't want I- them to win. I'm kind of I I at this point I'm horned frogs all the way through the rest of this. Mm. Give me that hypnotoad. I'll lick the hypnotoad myself. <laughs> I do, do like the hypnotoad. That is it. that is amazing. Marketing. I just love the whole the whole thing we got going on right now. And you know those uh, the uh, I'm a big uniform guy. Those TCU the the all whites like those mm. those are nice. pretty clean. We'll see what it looks like for. Did you know? Here's a fun fact about. These two teams. Did you know that Sonny Dykes was fired as the head coach of Cal? I did know that actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait to see where Cal plays, which bowl game Cal is attending this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that program's clearly in a good spot. They're good enough. They don't need him. Yeah, thanks. That's actually a good sort of a good segue. We think about where programs are. Uh, if we want to talk a little bit about recruiting, sure. and transfer portal, and. Yeah. All that good stuff. Because I, I was doing some looking just kind of terms of where some teams are. I mean, so so let's start let's start with recruiting. We just had an early signing period. 
and kind of, I mean, I think the the obvious, the most, the wildest story of the whole thing has got to be Peyton Bowen. Yes. Five-star safety, committed to Notre Dame, who's losing recruits left and right, which is fascinating to me. Flips to Oregon just to flip to Oklahoma. I, what do you think, how do you make sense of this? Because it was wild. All this so, happened. In so like, him specifically, I I don't know. I think that, I, I, I will say this and I want to get into a little bit more depth about yeah kind of the what surrounds recruits now because I I get the sense that there are different competing views on whether this is good or bad mm-hmm. or neutral. And I think for him specifically, I mean, he's one of the top recruits in the country. You have programs that are texting him every single day, calling him, calling his family, trying to put together NIL deals, yeah. right? Like it probably as an 18-year-old kid or however old he is, like it's probably really hard to navigate all that and try to make sure that you're going to put yourself in the best situation, but also your family in a financial situation that is mm. successful. So I, I don't, I don't blame the indecision. Although, you know, choosing three teams in 24 hours or whatever it was, like probably not the best way to go about it. Yeah, it it is it is a wild west thing out there, and I wish that there was more centralization and rules that could be followed. Mm-hmm. Having said that, like, I'm I'm hesitant to say that all this is bad. Like, it is tough to navigate as a fan, but at the same time, like, players are actually getting paid for mm-hmm. the first time, which I think is good. Yeah. I know there are many people, uh, saber saber fans uh, on the on the forums may disagree with me on this, but they're wrong. I think it's good that players can actually get paid for their services, yeah. right? Like they, they have a job. They are expected to show up and cl- work in class and work on the field and risk their bodies. And their yeah, people are making safety. a ton of money off. These schools are making money. People off are of making them. hundreds That's of millions of dollars. Part, to right. Me. Like they deserve that their name, image and likeness are being able to be used. Right. So I, I think that's good. Is it good to like explicitly funnel money through secondary things that are like not easily regulated? No, but I also think that that's something that has existed, like, you know, this has existed with the same programs over and over and over for years, mm-hmm. right? So, like, Reggie Bush lost a Heisman Trophy because of this, right? So, like, I'm hesitant to, I'm hesitant to think that it's all bad. I, I wish there was more organization with it. I, the NCAA was clearly not prepared for any of this, and I still think that there's a lot to be decided about how this is going to go, but... I don't know. Like I, I, I think that it can it could conceivably be a good thing if people are actually getting paid. It's not that it's so much different. There's no like golden age of sports. Like it's the same right. programs that are going to win the best recruits. So this is what I guess my perspective. I, I have multiple thoughts that that kind of popped in my head as you were talking through that. One, there's no question to me. There's no wiggle room or even room for like thought or second guessing whether it's a good thing that players can make money. And, and again, I do think that there are some people who would push back on that and say that's their fine. education is money, but Sh- sure, but it's not. Okay. So, so this is, I actually, I'm really glad you said that because we, the way I, I look at the, and, and this is what we say a lot, we, what we've said for decades, right? That your, your compensation is that you have a, an education that is paid for and that's fine. A college degree does not guarantee earnings potential moving forward. We would like to think that it does. Statistically, 
Do we know that people who have college degrees make more money than those who don't? Sure, that's on average. That doesn't mean for the everyday person. It also doesn't take into account the fact that they're putting their bodies, their minds at risk by playing this sport. The other thing about this that is, that is I think, critically important is that people, higher-ups, so universities are making millions upon millions of dollars off of these, these young athletes, which means that individuals are too. Like, and those people can be great, but your athletic directors, your university presidents, where does their salary come from? It comes from the money that these kids are making for schools. It is unpaid labor. If we don't allow them, we're not even saying like allow the schools to give them an employment contract and pay them a salary. We are saying, hey, Dakota Crawford at Nebraska, you're really good at this sport and you have a cool name. Here's a, you, you have an opportunity to go independently or with the help of the school because you're an 18 year old kid, sign a contract with a local HVAC company to be in a commercial. Right. Like if there's nothing. When I was like an average person who's in college, if they had the ability to bring anything to the table in terms of being able to advertise for a local company, there's nothing stopping them from doing it, right? It's So we take the kids who actually have the name recognition, actually have the ability to do this, and for years said, no, you can't make money off of your talent and who you are. But here's a scholarship for this degree that like may help you later in life, but also may not, Right. So anyway, that's kind of my general thought on it. And the other thing is the thing that you just said as you as you kind of as we transition into that was what has changed? Right. Like the, it's still you look at the recruiting rankings, Bama and Georgia are still the best recruiting schools right now. So how is that different? Right? Like if you want to find maybe some outliers like so Miami's been hot, right? They have the best recruiting class in the ACC right now. But they had a coaching change and Mario Cristobal is a good recruiter and, and like they've had hot streaks of recruiting over the years. I don't know that it sticks out that much. I looked, I, I, I was looking to recruiting rankings, looking for something to like, give me some indication that NIL and whatever has really changed the landscape that much. UCLA is recruiting really well, but Chip Kelly recruited well at Oregon. Like it seems like he's just getting his footing there. Honestly, the biggest outlier to me is the fact that Louisville has the 23rd ranked recruiting class in the country. Right, I think you could say Louisville. You so could is Papa say John doing like what is like South Carolina being up there? But they've had they, success recently. Right, they've, they've been successful and have a new coach. And I mean, I think the the only thing I would say, and I agree with everything you just said, but I think the only thing I would say is, you know, are schools actually funneling money to people to get recruits in a, in kind of an untoward way? So like this is this was the accusation of Texas A and M last year, right? And there were a lot of players who came to Texas A&M, got whatever money was coming to them, and have transferred out, right? Sure. So you could say the same thing about Miami, too. Like, Miami had one of the best recruiting classes last year, didn't have a good season at all. So schools have the opportunity to make decisions, too, about how they want to handle that, right? If you want to just come in and funnel money to a bunch of 18-year-old kids that are freshmen and say, here you go, like... You can do that, but Texas A&M is kind of a warning sign mm-hmm. of like, if they have the opportunity to leave, it's not guaranteed that you're just going to immediately print yourself into the national sure. semifinals, right? 
And is it really that different? Right? No, it's not. Like, that's the thing. If schools were doing this before, it was just cheating then. Right? We just didn't allow a system for it to happen. And, and I understand the calls for more regulation and having a, a more defined system on how to make this work. But so like Texas A&M. Okay. I understand. Like obviously it's amplified through the NIL stuff. But Jimbo Fisher recruited well at Florida State as well. Right. Like he won a national championship there. He had elite talent at Florida State. It is not, it's not as though you've never had a situation where a school, a program, has recruited a bunch of elite talent, the results didn't quite match, and some of that elite talent says, you know what, I might not want to stay here. Right. So, is that about the NIL stuff? Maybe. Like, well, you I can think look there's at a difference the, between NIL and like... It's like Quinn Ewers funds, is a good example. Funds that are created specifically by like boosters to like funnel money instantly, right? That's not saying... You're a recruit, and hey, you're playing really great for us, so you can go do these commercials, right? That's different. That's like, but that feels like a boogeyman. That's like I don't know that it's happening. That I don't know that it's a that prominent of an issue. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm turning a blind eye to that. Maybe I'm being naive. But I just don't see that as something that is like is, that is having that big of an impact on the college football landscape. Like Texas A&M, maybe the one example. Where it looks like that's what's happening there, but but again, it was probably already happening. Now it we just know it definitely about was it. happening. So so I, I agree that it's like not it's not different, right? right. It doesn't make it good. This is where sure. I'm like neutral on it, right? Like I don't think it's a good thing that it's it just happening. feels like all of a sudden we care about it because we it, know right, more. Right, right, right. So where are you with something like what the accusations were of Drake May and like the possible uh-huh. tampering coaches trying to get people to go for like regardless of whether that you know Pat Narduzzi said, you know, possibly five million dollars are being offered, right? Sure. Is that is that something that you have any issue with or no? So I got two thoughts on that. One Pat Narduzzi, tell us who it is. If you know about this, if, if you have this big issue with this, call him out by name. Like, if programs are offering Drake May $5 million, let's hear who it is so we can talk about this this supposed big issue. Here's here's where I have a problem with this. The people who seem so opposed to this, I'd love, like, this is, this is free market capitalism, baby. <laughs> like, this is the thing we all love, right? Like, you want, like... I don't, there's such a intellectual disconnect here, but, but we don't have to get that far in. This is not an economics podcast, but the, not yet, not yet. The, I I genuinely don't really have an issue with it because this is, this is what, this is what we've decided on some level that college football is going to be, that we've had this opportunity for the elite players to make money doing what they need, what they're doing, which I think is completely fair. When you, again, look at the money that institutions are making off of them, but also looking at the uh, immense risk that they are taking on by playing college football. These are 18, 19-year-old kids who are sacrificing their long-term health to have their brains just completely demolished playing this sport that we all love. And they take that risk willingly, and I understand that. I just think that it's hard, like, for so long in this country, we've looked at it and said, hey, if you can make money doing something, make money doing it, right? Like, for the most part. You know, so if Drake May, at 19 years old, can make $5 million to play football, like... Let him do it. Go for it. Go, you First of all, if you think he's not <laughs> getting something, right? Whether it's like... Why do you think Why do you think Mac Brown has a puffy jacket? What do you, what do you think it's stuffed with? 
not you know, down feathers. Like the the dude is at Carolina. And and he is so what I love about this is that Drake May has spent so much time in his time at Carolina trying to convince everyone that like, oh, this is just a dream. You grew up in North Carolina and you want to be at Carolina. And I understand his family is tied and everything like that. He was committed to Alabama. Like he committed to Alabama and flipped to Carolina. And you're telling me that's because all of a sudden he realized that was the dream? Like that that's the whole thing with his story about like it's every kid's dream growing up in North Carolina to play at UNC. Then why did you ever commit to Alabama? Right. So like something changed there. And and I it was the puffy jacket. It was the it was all the free Jordan brand. And that's great. Like he deserves it. He the dude is he's an awesome football player. He should get whatever he's worth on the on the free market. Like it's five million dollars. Like I don't know. And then also he said it's not true. So like right. I I don't know. I, I I'm fine with it. If you can make that money, make it. The the val- and this is everything that like so many commentators were saying leading into all the NIL stuff and just all of that is that this isn't the vast majority of, of college football players. This doesn't affect them. So I think to answer your initial question, I think Peyton Bowen will uh, thrive in Brent Venable's offense, uh, defense. Yeah. Uh, well, his defensive minded coach. His, I think, is actually simpler to understand. His, I mean, like, and I don't, I don't, this is conjecture. I am just theorizing here. But Jackson Arnold, his high school teammate, is going to Oklahoma to play quarterback. And they're from Texas. And I think there's something there of like, there's some familiarity. You commit to Notre Dame out of high school, I understand. But then maybe Oregon, maybe it was NIL stuff. I don't know. That made him think like, this is the solution. And he probably stopped and thought about it. I was like, hey, Oregon's pretty far away from Texas. And he maybe felt uncomfortable with it. And now he's at a school that's much closer, that isn't coached by Steve Sarkeesian. And he's uh, (laughs) with a familiar teammate who's a high profile recruit going there as well. I think his makes sense. It's just kind of a wild story. I mean, Oregon still, I think, won early signing day. They were still flipping recruits left and right, and Dan Lanning is is just crushing it up there in terms of bringing in talent. Yeah, he's done a great job. I, th- I think the one thing that this does create in the landscape, though, is that it makes coaches who are not successful right out of the gate, it makes it a lot harder yeah. to give them the normal three four five years that you think that they need to recruit all of their own guys right if you're able to flip people on signing day get transfer portal use the resources of your school in order to get people like it's going to be unpalatable for Mm -hmm. the georgia's the texas a&m's to not be competitive every single year which maybe is good like it you know puts a Coaches get paid a lot of money too to to right. produce results. So and if they aren't, somebody's got to be right. So somebody right. will rise to. But I think the transfer portal was the great equalizer there, right? You, you can't beat Georgia and Bama out for every high school recruit. You, you uh, Iowa learned that, right? So Iowa has this elite um, offensive line prospect right there in town, uh, Caden Proctor, and Bama manages to flip him at the last minute, and, and like. That sucks. I'm like as a fan, as fans of programs that don't recruit on the elite level. If you have a hometown guy and you lose him, that's that's a real bummer, and it's tough to recover from. But the equalizer is you go to the portal and you make some things happen, or you go to JUCO and you make some things happen, and you know, coaches can grind that out. The, the guy that I love to make fun of, Matt Rule, like he wasn't getting elite prospects at Temple and Baylor and. He's not going to start just immediately getting elite prospects at, at Nebraska, 
but he finds a way to build some talent. I mean, there's still a way to do it. You just you got to grind. You got to work hard. You got to earn that paycheck that makes you in like last time I looked, it was like 44 or 45 out of the 50 states. The highest paid state employees are college coaches, whether it's basketball or football. Like earn that money. Go work. Find the talent. I don't feel sorry for you. I really don't. Like as as somebody who coaches for a tiny stipend, like you're getting paid millions. Make it make it happen. So I was looking at recruiting rankings. UVA, yeah, currently 13th ranked class in the ACC. Sure, out of 14 teams. Yep, 64th in the country. Yep. How are we feeling? Concerned? You know, um. Yeah, I think this is uh, it's kind of a mixed bag. So I feel like Tony Elliott was supposed to be good at this, right? So I think I, I feel a couple of different ways about this. For one, the recruits that we had kind of committed to the school were had a fairly low ranking, mm-hmm. but were within the realm of what Bronco Mendenhall had been bringing in, okay. right? So it's not like it fell off a cliff. Sure. Having said that, like you can't look at the recruiting. And think this is great, but at the same time, they also managed to keep they managed to keep Cameron Robinson, who was flirting with Florida State and That's good. other schools. So, really good player. Obviously, it's just one player, but I think that Virginia is going to have to be one of those schools that slowly build success with three stars that hit a little bit harder, get people in the portal. Uh, particularly on the offensive line, they're already going out and making a really big push to do that. So am I excited about what they've brought in? No, I'm not excited about it, but I don't think it's a disaster. I still think that they have the ability to be middle of the pack in the ACC. And I'll wait and see what the uh, portal brings, right? Right. I think the way that the season ended, obviously, in tragedy, like didn't really lend itself for a situation where Tony Elliott could be hot on the recruiting trail and going out there. So I, I don't I don't think that anyone would say it's been an unqualified success. But I also don't think yet we know enough information and I will hold judgment to see what we can get in the portal. I think he's going to be very aggressive and we'll see whether, you know, some of the people that he's brought in so far have been kind of like mid-major schools. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, sometimes those work out and sometimes they don't. Obviously, a lot of players have left Virginia either for the NFL draft or in the transfer portal. So we'll see how it goes. But, I mean, yeah, I'm trying not to be too negative about it. I'm kind of waiting to see where we land at the end. It's new for you. I know. It it stuck out to me because it does feel like looking at past rankings that they're recruiting on a similar level nationally. Right. As they were, but it feels like the rest of the ACC is getting better. So I, I don't I don't recall in recent years seeing Virginia fall at like the bottom of the conference in terms of recruiting as much. I yeah, I mean like like I hate for example like state right now is sixth in the conference in terms of recruiting rank like Louisville's above us. And th- that rubs me the wrong way, where I feel like we should be out recruiting Louisville. Again, just had a coaching change though, so like that changes some things, but I would look from the UVA perspective of like Georgia Tech's out recruiting you and Pitt, and that's a little like should that be happening? Um, but the transfer portal, like like we said, is the big equalizer. So yeah, I think yeah, I don't disagree with anything that you said. It it again, it's not like I'm going to promote something amazing, right? But I think if you would ask most UVA fans, their goal is to be competitive in the league and to 
conceivably contend to maybe make it to the championship game, consistently make bowl games, right? So can you compete with Duke? Can you compete with uh, Georgia Tech? Can right. you? I don't think I don't think most UVA fans would expect them to compete with Clemson year in and year out. They're not going to be able to do that, right? So I think I think that they're in a position to conceivably be able to do that. They're not as far off. Like you know, what is it, what's the difference between Duke and Boston College and Georgia Tech and these ratings? Like you know, are are they so qualitatively different? Like right. you don't know until you see it on the field. But yeah, I mean, it's not like. Tony Elliott has come in and immediately got a groundswell of well, success, and right? and it is the the middle of the pack just in terms of recruiting rankings. Again, you don't know it's UCLA field, but Duke, Virginia Tech, Boston College, Wake, Pitt—that's five schools all within seven spots of each other in the rankings, right? Of the national rankings. Right. So like, but like Pitt, Pitt's not going to be. I mean, Pitt won the ACC last year, right? And had so like, is Pat Narduzzi doing a bad job recruiting? I think so. I mean, I, if like yes, if you are an ACC, you've been in the ACC championship game, and you're getting out recruited by Duke, you're getting out recruited by Virginia Tech right now. Like Virginia Tech, I mean, I know like you look back a little further, and they've got some more recruiting prominence and, and relevance, but like right now, the mm-hmm. fact that they're out recruiting, you know, that, that that they're around the midpoint of the ACC right now is a little. Uh, is interesting to me. You know, if you're Pitt, I think you can't be happy with that. If you're Syracuse, you've had some success, and you're the last ranked team in the ACC. In well, terms you got of Robert and I leaving. Yeah, that's true. You can't 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 keep all the good players. Yeah. Well, that's a very good point because that offensive genius is really driving the God. ship. So uh, so so. <laughs> speaking of him, that it seems inevitable, unavoidable. That Brennan Armstrong is going to be suiting up for the Wolfpack. It, it just feels like that's falling in place, which is a big transfer portal thing. You know, we, we lost a quarterback. It feels like a quarterback carousel this year. Mm-hmm. It feels like that's what the transfer portal is kind of becoming in terms of what we're paying attention to. So Devin Leary transferring to, to Kentucky, and it just seems like Brennan Armstrong is coming in. Do you want him? Not particularly. I, I expressed it earlier. I think MJ Morris is the guy. Like, is it nice to have somebody with some experience as an option? I don't think you can bring him in and not make him the starter. So that that's my thing. If if you're bringing him in to say he's an option, but we're legitimately giving MJ Morris a shot at this, and they can compete, even if you're saying they're just competing and they've got a 50-50 shot. Like, I don't think there's any way he would agree to that. Why would you leave a school where you're the definite starter to go to a school where you're maybe getting a chip in a chair? Like that has to be the agreement. Even if it, even if it I goes, have, yeah. even if it goes to like Rice or Tulsa, right? He wants to go so that he can sling the ball around and show that he deserves to be an NFL quarterback. I I totally agree with you. I I think that that makes the most sense. That that that's what he should do. Um, with Wisconsin out of the out of the picture, it seems it's either State, Oklahoma State, or Auburn. Um, oh, I don't want him to go to Auburn. I hope he does go to NC State then, because I don't. Ugh. But but see, I don't. I, honestly, as a State fan, I think if I have to choose, no, because I think they they would bring him in, make him the starter, and then MJ Morris, who I think has a shot to be like the real deal. Like I'm talking a legit NFL type guy. I, and I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think you know another a, ACC school that could use a young, enterprising quarterback. Wake Forest. That's true. They they do need one. But I was thinking Virginia. 
We'll take MJ Morris. You want to do an MJ Morris? Let's for, do a swap for Brennan Armstrong. Straight, trade. straight up. Listen, I know you would love that. Absolutely not. I <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to throw in if that happens. No, I'm just kidding. My, my guarantee to you would be if if that does happen that we will do an emergency podcast on it. Yeah, that will be you sobbing in the corner. I think if that happens, happening. I may just be a UVA fan this year. Okay, like I I don't I'm not promising that, but. <laughs> I'm a big MJ Morris guy, and I think he's just an absolute baller. And like, if if that were to happen, I would lose my mind. No, I think Brennan Armstrong obviously should go to Oklahoma State. It's a quarterback friendly system. It's is it? Yes. Look at Spencer Mason Sanders' Rudolph. stats over the last few years. Mason Rudolph made it to the damn NFL. Like, it, Mike Gundy loves to throw the ball. Okay, I, I wouldn't want to go to Stillwater, but well, no one would. But you're. <laughs> You're going there for a year to try to get to the NFL. Brennan Armstrong Seems like a long Brennan time. Armstrong had a had a great trajectory towards the NFL until he came back to Charlottesville last year and yeah. and lost Robert and I. And that's why I think he's going to come to Raleigh because he sees Robert and I as the key to him having another great st- statistical year, which you can't deny objectively no. they did that together sure. and you know, does it happen again? I I, I don't know. I, I I hope not. Like he, <laughs> Feel free to come play safety or something, but you're, you're not like MJ Morris needs to play quarterback. Uh, I do just generally, I, I think I solidified my thoughts on the transfer portal watching the Iowa Kentucky bowl game. Yeah, Sicko's Bowl. Yeah, so it immediately confirmed my thought that the transfer portal was a great thing because watching those two teams and just the complete lack of offense like college football is better for the fact that Kentucky next year is going to have a competent quarterback like who's better than Will Levis I said it he's better as a college quarterback than Will Levis is for sure Mm. in my mind interesting I mean I've seen him produce without you know throwing a bunch of picks and like Will Levis is all about potential and and arm talent whatever Devin Leary had a 35 and 6 season like 35 touchdowns 6 picks like he can play so I just watched that. And I'm like, yes, I would love for Kentucky to have a better quarterback than, and Levis wasn't playing, but like, I would love for them to have a better quarterback than what they have. I would love for Iowa to have a competent offense. Like, I'd well, love that's <laughs> that's not in the cards. For I society. would love for football games to be good and fun to watch. I don't know. Maybe that's a controversial thought, but like, Sam Hartman at Notre Dame seems fun. I don't know. Like, great. Grayson McCall with Tim Beck back at Coastal since he withdrew from the transfer portal today. I like, was sad. I was kind of I I started dreaming about him in a Virginia uniform for like four oh, seconds. Oh, interesting. I, Not I, that I think he would have gone or it would have been a good fit at all or anything, but I just it was one of those. And this is actually why I think part of the transfer portal is fun. Like in the same way that people follow recruiting and it's mm-hmm. fun, you can just kind of be like, ooh. What about this piece? What's well, free agency? It's it's free, it's free agency. It's when the, the NFL thing. season if, ends yeah, and you're if, like, oh, what if my team can go get this guy? And right. then you get surprises. Like, you know, there, there's it's just there's it's fun. It's fun. Like, isn't that what this thing is supposed to be about? It's sports. We're supposed to enjoy it. I, I just I think it's fun. I think you got guys uh, like Hudson Card. Yeah, that was the one I was gonna flag. Just the him going to Purdue. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Absolutely, gonna go. Like that, that's gonna be fun. Slovis going to BYU. Like I, I don't know. That could be fun. Um, you've got like even like some fun. Uh, uh, like Travis Hunter going to Colorado. Like he was the number one recruit last year, and not a lot of people got to watch him because he was at Jackson State, and now he's gonna be at a Power Five school. Same with uh, Shador Sanders. 
you know, same with Jeff Sem. Well, Jeff Sem's going from Georgia Tech to Nebraska to be the quarterback in the, for the Matt Rule era. I, there's just so, I'm looking at a list, and there's just so many fun. Like, yeah, I want to see some of these guys get some new opportunity. Virginia, uh, Kobe Pace, the running back from Clemson. Right. Like that dude's got talent. So I don't know, man. Fun stuff. I I think it's I think it's interesting. I do. I sympathize a little bit with fans. I was okay. talking with I was talking with somebody who was saying that and she's primarily a basketball fan and she was saying that it's really hard to stay engaged as a fan. She's not somebody who follows all the recruiting, all the transfer portal stuff and just wants to watch the games and get excited about players and watching them as they develop and mm-hmm. stuff. So I do I'm a little bit sympathetic as a fan, it is different, right? It's a yeah. different thing that you're excited about, but I also think that there's still room for that like programs still can be built in different ways successfully, right? Virginia's basketball program is not let's bring in nine new guys every season and get one and done players, Mm -hmm. right? And they've managed to have some level of success. Other programs, that might be the way that you want to go. Like every year we're the landing spot for the best uh, players from all over the place, right? So there's still ways to like be successful, but I, I do at least sympathize with fans who are like coming into a season if you don't follow all of the minutiae of this, wait, who is this guy? Wait, yeah. the guy, I, I bought this guy's jersey last year, and now he's not here. Like, mm. Which now you can do. You can buy their jersey with right. their name on it. Right. No, I, I get that. That is, It doesn't mean it's bad overall. It's just it's still I get, the vast I get. majority of a team's roster is still there. Right. Like, like, you know, like, yes, I, I'm just thinking through state, and you get to do Virginia, like football or basketball. Yes, there's some turnover, but still... Most of the time, the key guys are the key guys, and, and they're still there. I mean, I don't know. I, you'll adjust. I think as a fan, we, we will all adjust. Even if you're not paying attention to every little step of it, you just adjust to like, all right, the season's about to start. I got to familiarize myself with the roster in a way that I didn't used to have to do because I used to be able to know, hey, we were young last year, so now everybody's going to be back versus now it's like, well, you could have still some significant changes. It's just a little. It's going to be a little different. I, I do. I think the the main thing that I'm interested in is what is the EA Sports NCAA hmm. football game now out in 2024? How is that going to play? Like, can you get to tamper with other teams? Oh, like, do you have a tampering budget? I'm just picturing like the um, the heat, the the heat game, do. like recruiting visit scenes where Ooh. like you get to set, you know, you get to bring in some co-eds. To- <laughs> <laughs> It is going to be interesting, like, how you manage to, to do that. I think you just get, you know, you get recruiting points for your recruiting and the, your high school prospects, and you'll probably get, like, a separate for or, or it's all, and you have to decide, that's going to be wild. Yeah. Can't wait. I can't wait. Summer 2024, we are staying inside the whole time and playing. That's right. That. Well, and without the transfer portal, you don't get my favorite transfer right now, which is Austin Stogner. Uh, the tight end who transferred from Oklahoma to South Carolina with Spencer Rattler last year and now is transferring back to Oklahoma. I just think that's amazing. I just think this idea that he like went to South Carolina for a year, there was probably some NIL stuff involved or some money or some way or I don't know. And now it's like, nah. That's the same thing that happened with Gudis Wahab I mean, he had a at Georgetown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Georgetown to Maryland and back. I just think it's amazing. I just think we should do more of that. Just let these kids move around and... I understand the like you should get one that you don't have to sit out and then after that you have to sit out or whatever. But I also think like I don't know, they're kids. Let them figure it out. Are we done with the segment? 
I'm done with this segment. Speaking of Georgetown, it is time for our ongoing segment, which is called Bad Coach Speak of the Week. Oh my God, is this going to feature Patrick Ewing? It might. I, and I think your task or the listener's task between now and whenever is I want to have some kind of like organ, you know, like Frankenstein music playing for the bad coach speak of the week. Ooh. So we can play it as like a little interlude. Okay. I mean, I can do, 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 do. something yeah, like that. I know? can make that happen. Anyway, our bad coach speak of the week is once again from Patrick Ewing, who I love to pick on. Uh, my wife is a Georgetown alum and fan much to her own uh, detriment. <laughs> and Georgetown basketball lost again yesterday. They are now 0-4 in the Big East. They lost to Butler, giving them their first victory mm. in the Big East. And so Patrick Ewing, after the game, was asked about what uh, what the path forward is. Oh, boy. What did he have to say? Here's what he had to say. Here's two parts. Can first, I guess? Sure. Yeah. We have to score more points than our opponents. I really wish that he had said that. Is it better than that? Um, that's my bar for Patrick Ewing. I feel like that's where he is. So he usually, so coaches will say, you know, when something bad happens. What are you, what are you going to fall back on mm. to like get better? You're gonna you're gonna watch film. You're gonna you're gonna really dig in and figure out what your mistakes yeah. are. Patrick Ewing quote: We have to go and watch film on the mistakes we made today. We okay. might even just throw it away. Oh. So, wait. What are they doing? I, I don't know. Are we they, have to go watch film. We have to go and watch films on the mistakes we made today. We might even just throw it away. Well, we might not, basically. Right. Yeah. We're, uh, so where what, they landed on that. What do we got to do, coach? What's the plan? That is... I. It's the wording that he says we have to... Like, it's an immediate... We have to go do this. And then it's like, ah. Or not. Or not. Or we could just keep going. I get the feeling... That's one of those things that you do when you're like hanging out with friends and you're insecure. You feel like you're yeah. not really close. You're like, hey man, we gotta go out to this bar. Yeah. Well, but... But, like, oh, but I'm, not, I'm getting some vibes. Yeah. Like maybe we shouldn't do that. I'm not, I'm not set on it. <laughs> I, I feel like, honestly, what it sounds like, this is just my impression of him as a coach. I'm not... He's clearly a hardworking person in terms of... Like he built an NBA career. Like, you know, he's got a sure. work ethic. But my impression is that he said... We have to go dig into the film and then stopped and thought for a second. It was like, ooh, that's going to take time. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. a lot of paperwork. Yeah. I, that means, because as a coach, that means you got to go watch the film, figure out what you need to watch with your team. And I think he just was like, ah, you know what? Maybe we'll just throw it away. We'll come back to practice, do some free throws and some shooting drills, and then we'll say we're better. Yeah, he also went on to say... He went on to say, today was not a good day. This is not the way we wanted to start the new year. We didn't have it, both offensively and defensively. Nothing that we did went right. Like I got an extension in the offseason. Everything we've tried so far isn't working, so we have to keep working at it. Wait, nope, nope. See, that's not how that works. Everything we've tried so far isn't working, so we gotta keep plugging away yeah, at it. We gotta double down. <laughs> not gonna change anything. This thing that we're doing isn't working, so we're just gonna do it harder. The definition of insanity is uh, watching the tape and then also destroying Throwing the tape. it away and just keep doing it more. And that, that's, God, that's incredible. I want to be friends with him so bad because I just feel like he probably just says things like this all the time that are just like nonsensical. I just, God, I love it. I, 
This is amazing. I, I think, I, I, <laughs> the thing about him is that, and he's he's, I've heard him talk about basketball a number of times. Sure, he's he's. I don't use this word lightly. He is brilliant when it comes to like the actual like things that you have to know about to be successful mm-hmm. in basketball. Obviously, that's not translating to coaching from a head coaching perspective, which is, you know, executive decision making, delegating recruiting all things go into it but you listen to him on on games and he'll just be shouting like get back on defense like, well there back. was the famous clip of like when have you ever practiced that shot before right and like that's it so that's the that's what he has as his answer like you don't see him i don't know like there's just no x's and o's you can't there's, yeah. there's only so much doubling down on like we're not we're not doing what we're supposed to like you have mm. to at some point like and maybe it's with the players but Enough players have now transferred out that you can see that maybe that's not taking place. Like, he's not putting people in positions to be successful. Yeah. And it's really bad for a program that should be better than it is. I, I've, I've long thought that the most important skill for a coach, a head coach in particular, but really any coach, is communication. And, and how you communicate ideas. So you can have, you can be brilliant. You can have the greatest ideas in the world. You can understand how basketball should work you can understand offensively and defensively what your team should be doing but if you can't communicate it it doesn't matter and 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 that affects recruiting if you can't communicate to recruits your vision for them as a player within your program and your vision for your team it's going to be hard to convince guys to come play for you it's not shocking that they are not very good but this is a weird college basketball season i mean like the uh it's funny when you kind of like sent me outline for for kind of what we were thinking about for today's show the first thing you had written down under basketball and i rewrote it because i was thinking about an answer for it was what do we know right and i don't know (laughs) what do we know very little right like it's a weird season i I, like if i had to ask you right now you have at gunpoint you have to place a bet on who's going to win the national championship like you have to like you know you just have to pick up a team like i'm I'm gonna pick houston but I'm not going to feel great about it. Yeah. I don't feel, I feel the same way. confident about it. I'd either go Houston or Purdue. I'd probably go Purdue at this point, but I, I wouldn't feel great about it. I was talking to somebody about Virginia because I think if we take a step back and look at Virginia, they are a legitimate top 15 team. Mm-hmm. And I think they had some early success in the year, and it made people's expectations go higher than what it probably should have been going into the year. Right? Like, you beat Baylor... You beat Illinois. Here's a big game against Houston that was close, but you don't win. You lose at Miami. Mm-hmm. Then suddenly it's down again. Like, Virginia's a really good team. It's okay to be a really good team and not the favorite to win it all. They're still my ACC favorite. I think they're the best team in the conference. They may be, but I like. It's either them or Duke. You, can, I think look, it's you them. can look at Virginia and you can find obvious flaws, but you can also say they've come so far from last year and in any individual game they can win. But like. Am I going to pick them to make the Final Four? Probably not. Like, I don't think that they have enough yeah. shooting consistently there. Their Fair. defense isn't quite as good. But I don't know. Like, in any individual game, they have a chance of winning. They could make the Final Four. I mean, I, you could literally go down. Like, Xavier has played really, really well this year. They just beat UConn this week. Xavier is ranked 24th in Ken Palm. I don't think Xavier is... Mm-mm. gonna make the final four but like 
they're good enough to win any individual game. So I, I feel that way about a lot of teams. So the only teams that I feel like really have enough there, Purdue, Houston, Connecticut, maybe Tennessee, maybe Kansas. See, but, I think I, I. But then, then you start getting into like that's you're ex- trying to talk yourself into it. Like, there are literally the five teams I have yeah. written down that are like these teams to me have it, and then I think there's a bunch of teams like Virginia who, if you get to the tournament, and Reese Beekman and Ben Vanderplas and Kihei get hot and like for six games, right? Just put it together for six games. That's all you gotta do, and it's doable. You look at those those like that run of early games of the season, like. I mean, they've beaten Baylor and Illinois, beat Michigan, Florida State, which is looking more and more impressive as Florida State gets seems to get better. Like, I'm not saying they're good, good, but still. I loved when Florida State was two and one in the ACC, yeah. and it, like they were in like the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of that. But you like, still like you gutted out a tough game there. Right. Um, and Houston and Miami were close losses. So, so like Virginia seems to me like a team that in March, right? There's potential to put six games together. And and that's all you really have to do. Uh, uh, but those five teams, like Purdue, Houston, Kansas, UConn, and Tennessee, to me, uh, seem to be the class above the others. Now, again, Duke has a lot of talent. Do they put it together towards the end? Does Carolina get their together? Does are, are these ACC teams that are at the top right now, Miami, Clemson, Pitt, are they for real? Like, are they good teams? Maybe Wake, too, right? Like, what are those teams? If you ask me, again... The, the first – so, again, I wrote down what do we know. The the first thing I wrote down after that was Louisville sucks. They're not very good. That's all I got. In terms of, like, what I know, like, <laughs> what, what what could I say for sure? Like, if I, if I could recreate that scenario, somebody's holding me at gunpoint and just says, you have to give me something about college basketball this season that you know for sure. It's that Louisville is a bad team and will not win more than three games this One season. One of our programs is going to lose to Louisville this year. We State played around with it, but yeah. I mean, Do they so, play them again? I think so. If, if not, then it's, then it's, it's you guys. Like looking at us. Uh, we do not. You guys play them twice. Perfect. Yeah, so State does not play Louisville again. Virginia plays them twice. Get that quad four win. Yeah, man. You know, they're bad. Like, that is objective truth and other than that like I just don't know I I don't know there's a whole bunch of teams that I I just I'll watch them play and I'm like is this team good right like is Kentucky good is Carolina good is Gonzaga is Arkansas Alabama right like I don't know I think Alabama is good I'm glad you brought them up just briefly because they're they're known for their fast offensive pace but they also like they're adjusted efficiency on defense is actually better than offense right mm. so like that's something that you don't normally see from nate Oates. but yeah i mean would i be surprised to see them get bounced by creighton in the second round of the ncaa tournament no like that's part of what makes the tournament so fun yeah yeah i mean it's just uh it's a weird season which means exactly that it, it, it's a weird season which means that the tournament will be fun <laughs> it means that we get to the tournament and you I have no idea what's going to happen except for the other thing that I'm really confident in, which is I actually know who's going to win the national championship. Okay. It's my new favorite team. Okay. College of Charleston Cougars. Yeah, let's go, Colchar. Yeah. Absolutely. Love, I mean, it sucks because they're in um, a conference with my actual alma mater, which is Elon University, who is uh, 2-13, and 13, so um, they are irrelevant. College of Charleston just made their way into the rankings. It's so great because the way they've won 
I mean, they haven't really played much of anybody. They, they, I mean, they beat Virginia Tech, uh, so should be the favorites of everybody on the Sabre. That's right. Um, for that reason, they, they beat Davidson. They beat Richmond. They played a close game against Carolina, uh, the second game of the season. But since then, they've been so dominant that if you look at all the, like, the BPI projections and all that stuff, they're, like, at the top of things, which is so amazing. They just made their way into the top 25. But if you look at the, yeah, the ESPN uh, uh, basketball power index, the BPI projections, the top three, so, like, end of season projections, top three, Houston, UConn, Charleston. Yeah. Sign me up. This team is fun. I got to watch a little bit of them the other day and just like it is a fun team. Like it, it I didn't like them when I was in college and we would play against them, but it is a it is a fun team. They're gonna win a lot of games. They're gonna win their conference. Their their strength of schedule for the rest of the year is awful. <laughs> it's three hundred and third. That is UNC Wilmington Eraser. I don't care. <laughs> I don't I, I will erase them all day. Big, big over a big overtime win against Towson the other day. So. Yeah, cool. College Charleston, like that's that's America's team right now. I'm calling it like that is. I'm I'm here for it. I love it. Just I don't care that your city smells like horse shit. Uh, we're rolling with it. I do feel like I frequently will do this with betting, where I pick a mid major team that I do a lot of bets on. And a few mm-hmm. years ago, it was Elon and it won me a I'm lot sorry. of money. Oh, okay. no, a few wow. years ago, it did. Oh, win a few me years money. ago, they were decent. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we should have one. So you're picking Charleston. There's a few fun ones. College Charleston, Florida Atlantic is fun. Ooh, okay. um, I would read a brochure on UMass FAU. Lowell. Okay, worth looking into. I'm trying to think other ones that I've watched. I mean, I feel like you won't do it with James Madison. I will not. That's interesting. Yeah, Sam Flo- Houston. Same Florida here. Florida Atlantic uh, leads the country in best against the spread record. Wow. They've, they've covered they've wow. covered 10 out of 11 games. I just found your darling. I mm-hmm. um, at NC Central. They beat Florida. They, you know, beat other teams that don't matter, which is they beat Eastern Michigan where Imani, ba- Imani Bates plays, so you know, that's something. One of the, the the top team in the ACC in leading against the spread is Pittsburgh at ten three and one. They're pissing me off. Just you're are they any to, good? No, I don't think they are either. But they, but they are. But they shouldn't be like. And they beat State, so they have to be great. Then they beat State. They beat Carolina. They're not good though. Like they almost had. I don't know if anybody watched the Carolina game. They almost had a. Virginia versus Louisville level meltdown at the end of the game where they almost blew a seven point lead in seven seconds. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that I I watched. That was actually during our bowl game, but we watched. Yeah, I was I was texting you to be like, oh my god, it's. And we watched it on my phone, and I was sitting there and I was telling my dad, I'm like, man, you gotta. Carolina just lost in basketball. You got a stadium full of NC State and Maryland fans. If they had announced that, that whole place would have gone crazy. Everybody would have been covered in mayo. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Pitt. I mean, Pitt's not good, right? Like you look at the. They lost to West Virginia. I'm fine. They lost to Michigan. Michigan's good, but they got blown out. They lost by 31 to Michigan. They lost to and VCU. Michigan's one of the best teams in the country because Virginia beat them. That's so. right. They lost to VCU. They lost to Vanderbilt. No, this team's not good. That's absurd. Okay. They just they've beaten some. Now you're tomorrow they play Virginia, so we'll find out. Right, yeah, if they like, win, the gar- it's they guaranteed that they're great. I mean, the guy who is um, 
I love Jamarius Burton for Pitt. Um, he played in the Charlotte area, and I got to coach against him and see him as a high school player. And he's an awesome, just like, dude's just a dog. So I, I just, nah, I can't, my brain can't deal with Pitt being good. Same with Clemson. Is, is it one of those things where, like, it's kind of good in a way because you want Jeff Capel to be like still stay there? there. Yeah, want, kind so of. You don't want a Jamie Dixon to show up and make Pitt, like, a, a top-ranked team anymore? Yeah, I, I that's a good point. I want them to be just good enough that he, like, sticks around and they're they're stuck in mediocrity. Um, same with uh, Brad Brown Allen Clemson. I think we know what we're going to get with them. Like, they're going to be in that bubble discussion yeah. for two months and then it's not going to matter yeah they've got some guys that can show i mean hunter tyson can show up and have a really good game pj hall can show up and have a really good game sometimes this is like the years with um trevor booker terrence ogilvie like those guys who would just i don't even know if those are those guys were on the same team but kj mcdaniels dudes who would just show up and and light you up uh and clemson would be like pretty good you know, they've always been that team that just like has some dudes, and sometimes they're better than you want them to be. And now the team that I think is actually good in the ACC is Miami. I mean, I mean, at four and zero, they're they're clearly. I think they're going to win the ACC. Interesting. They're playing really well. I don't think they can sustain it. Isaiah Wong is unreal. He's he's, he's probably good. ACC Player of the Year yeah. at this point. Which was your preseason prediction, mm. which I'll give you credit for. Yeah, dude can play. All right, anything else you want to talk about basketball or big week ahead in the ACC? Yeah. Now we're in conference play. There, Yeah, there's some um, – I mean, this is this is the – outside of the tournament, right? This is the sweet spot. This is when the, the season just gets to be so much fun. Um, you just get some really good kind of matchups coming. I mean, I know like of relevance to you and a lot of our audience, um, I mean, Virginia Pitt is a, is a pretty big game. Yeah. Um, is that here or is it's, that? It's in Pitt. Okay, that doesn't really matter. I don't think we they get don't. Syracuse this weekend. So, yeah, and, which I hate, right? Because like Syracuse is like they're not that good, but it always feels like a game that you worry about because it's weird. You got to deal with zone. You got to like deal with Jim Beheim yelling slurs. Like the whole thing is just so unnerving. Yeah, Virginia has. Is that at Syracuse? That's here, okay. but th- so they have they have this little streak here with Georgia Tech, which they won. Pitt, Syracuse, you would hope to win those three games. Then you get Carolina at home, big mm. game. Uh, Florida State on the road, and then Tech, Wake Forest. So it starts really getting tough right there uh, into the meat of the schedule. So. Okay, yeah, I mean this week is big. Like Wednesday, Wednesday to me is the one I have my eye on. You got. Um, Miami, Georgia Tech, like whatever. Miami's going to win that game. Duke, Duke, NC State, which I, we're good every now and then for a weird Duke upset. Yeah. And like that, I don't know. It almost feels right. Um, Wake, Carolina. I feel like Wake could go into the Smith Center and, and beat Carolina. And you got Clemson at Virginia Tech. So kind of a weirdly big game. I mean, which if you're super interested, I just happen to have this up. Uh, you can get in the door at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia for as low as $4. Okay. For that yeah. game on a 9 o'clock on a Wednesday if you find yourself. Well, I, listen, I would love to dunk on Virginia Tech, but I will say that students aren't back to school yet. That's so. fair. But $4. $4 is a little. Like cheap. the NC State Duke game was $59 is the lowest price. Like That was the lowest of all of them. Um, their fans want to watch their women's team. It's a top 10 That's team. fair. That's fair. Um, you look ahead to the weekend. Um, like you said, Saturday you got Syracuse, Virginia. 
See, see, Saturday, when State comes to Virginia Tech, the cheapest tickets available in Blacksburg that night are $95. Are you going to go? State's a big draw. $95? Hell no. We suck. I'm not going to go pay that much money. <laughs> like, that's absurd. Yeah. Get yelled at? For sure. Love that. Um, by my wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but there's some there's some fun stuff coming up. Love right. love this part of college basketball where you're just getting a real ACC season. and. Yeah, I mean, ACC basketball, regardless of all the, like, conference maneuvering that has gone on, yeah. it's still so fun to watch all those games. And, like, it very frequently will result in teams that you don't expect. Like, it just turns into a dogfight no matter who's playing. You know what I would say is it just means more. It, it does mean more. Yeah. I think we should trademark that. Mm-hmm. That's ours now. Absolutely. Well, the last thing I want to talk about today, it is the new year. And I thought it would be fun if we made some sports fans New Year's resolutions. Oh, okay. So these are... <laughs> you mean to act like I... I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I never know how to handle it. In my, in my, oh, what an interesting concept. In my brain at that moment, I decided it was best to it's act fine. like it's, I didn't know we fine. were doing this. It's fine. Yes. I have five ready to go. <laughs> I, also, I also have five. Hmm, let me just check my list. So, so these are things that that you as a sports fan want to commit to uh-huh. with the new year. And these are things that I I wrote I don't know how you set yours up, but I Yeah, I am very curious to see how you're yeah. set because my be first very one is um, Sunni Islam. I want to commit to <laughs> Is that what you did? Uh well, that was like number four. For okay. Me, so. Okay, sorry. Um just that's so these are things I'm like earnestly want for myself as a mm-hmm. sports fan. So I don't know. Okay. You, you want to go first? I want you to go first so I can maybe make adjustments if I'm not on par with what you did. Okay. All right. Well, the first thing, the first thing that I, it's actually a two-parter. Okay. So I have to, I have to re- go with three both. That's fine. So this, these are two separate things. So yeah. the first thing I want to do, this is a thing that you hear from a, a lot of sports fans. I want to go to more events. Okay. I want to go to more things. I want to eat, even things that don't involve my team. I really like, like one of my, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the NCAA tournament. I like to go to different venues, see what it's about, get into teams that I've never heard of before, never seen play live. I want to do that. So uh, can yeah. I jump in yeah, just yeah, because that's ahead. one of mine? Yeah, sure. Um, and specifically I put the, now in my head, I had like maybe go to some stuff I wouldn't normally go to, Okay. but also I put NCAA tournament and it's interesting because I was looking at the regional sites and like, Yes, Greensboro hosts a regional. Right. I've been in the Greensboro Coliseum for NCAA tournament, ACC tournament. I want to go. Let's let's do this as a podcast. Let's go to a site sure. that's not Greensboro. Yeah. And I don't know. Can the Saber help us get like press passes? That'd be cool. I'd probably, but probably only for UVA. I would think. Okay. We'll talk, Chris. Yeah, I'm just curious about like, can we make a thing out of it for can our we go podcast? To Radio Row? Yeah, I think we just do it. We go to like honestly, the thing that jumped in my head was Dayton for the first four. Ooh, interesting. Uh, I just feel like that'd be fun because you have teams just like playing for their lives. And I know that's the whole tournament, but the first four feels especially desperate. I don't know, something yeah, like my, that. My wife and I have gotten into a tradition that was interrupted by COVID, where we would go to the the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah, to I don't want to. I don't want to step on that. No, it's fine. We uh, <laughs> we we've invited other people as well. Um, um, I mean. As as was spoken about in the last podcast, Chris True. was and his and his wife were at the 
the happenings of the UMBC weekend. But yeah, Even if like, we went for it later, like we go to Denver. I've never been to Denver. Yeah, that's yeah, that's far. That's expensive. But okay, is the Saber right. going to pay for it too? No, I mean we'll see. We go to Albany. I don't want. I don't really want to go to Albany in yeah. March. But well, that's why. That's why I first four popped in my head. I was like, it feels like it'd be easy to go to Dayton. But but I'm, I'm open to all up. sorts of things. I, I kind of forget what the other, some of the other places were, but. Um, I, I just I also have go to more games on here and yeah. and I just think go to more events period. I was thinking like a lot I want to go to a lot of baseball games over the summer. I, I love going to baseball games. Sure. I hate watching it on TV, but sure. being there being there is fun. So yeah. So the second part. Yeah, sorry. The second no, that's good. So the second part of that is I want to. I am not afraid. I'm going to be not afraid to leave early. Oh, from an event. From an event. Yeah. I want to go to more things, but I'm also going to... You're going to leave all of them at halftime. No, 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 no. Not all of them. I'm going to be okay with not leaving early. So, like, my mother... Wait, is a, okay with not... I'm going to be okay with leaving early. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Uh, my mother is somebody who, if it is a 75 to nothing game in the pouring rain, mm-hmm. wants to stay to the end and then watch the band perform at halftime. Okay. Right? I'm not like that. But I also have this thing that, like, if I leave, something crazy is going to happen. I'm going to miss yeah. it. But I, but it's not even about, like, the result of the game. I just want to be, like, I want to be there. But I also, there are certain circumstances, like, if I go to a game and I it's just two teams I don't necessarily care about, like, it's okay if I miss the eighth and ninth inning. Like, even if something mm-hmm. crazy happens. Yeah. Like, I went. I had a good time. I saw some sports. But I'm not going to, like, hold it against myself that I have work the next day. Like, Yeah, that's totally fair. So not necessarily to the level of, like, you're a Georgia fan, you're down 38 to 24. Do you leave? No. Okay. No, not from a semifinal. I'm not going to leave from a semifinal game. <laughs> you're talking about I'm more something about you don't really sport. care that much about. Right. Like, I, if, if I go to... And, and like, I, I don't want to do this for basketball, like UVA basketball, but, like, if I go to a UVA basketball game, they have a lot of 9 o'clock games. Like, yeah. I want to see more games. Well, like, the Albany game the other day. They, right. they ended up up by, like, 20. Yeah, I'm not going to stay. It's not that I want to abandon the team, but also, like, you know, games are late. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, that's that's one of mine. You're kind of old, but. That's fine. Yeah. You can. It's okay. To and this is part of your resolution: is being comfortable I'm with that. I'm gonna be comfortable. I don't want to be pressured into. I have to stay till every single thing. Love it. Um, all right. My my actual first one that I wrote down is a uh, is is gambling related. I have a gambling one too. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna commit to because I need to. I'm gonna bet fewer parlays. Wow, yeah. I'm good. a big, you know this, I'm a big parlay guy. I'm big on just, you can't, I can't logically wrap my head around, hey, if there's two or three things that I think are going to happen, enough to bet on them independently. Why wouldn't I just throw them together? Why not throw them together? It That's makes right. me more money. I understand that the numbers um, of that don't line up. Um, and that's how, as you've told me before, uh, that's how the sports books make money off of me. That's right. And and I get it. And so I I I'm I'm progressing towards like today. Um, I bet on the Mississippi State Illinois game, and I bet on the USC Tulane game. Separate. Separately. There you go. And also as a parlay. Oh. Okay. So this is progress. So wait a minute. Are you saying you're actually going to go further away or are you just going to do both? <laughs> are you, it sounds no, like you're doubling no, down. No, no, no. The goal is to eventually move away from doing the parlay. I just, 
to me, it was progress that I, I was like, initially I looked at it and I said, I think this is going to happen. Cut off. And I think this is going to happen. That was progress. And then a couple minutes later, I was sitting there thinking about it and I did the, hey, if so I think. So that's kind of like the person who goes to the gym on New Year's Day and yeah. it's like, 10 minutes into, you know, the elliptical being like, you know, this was a good start. And orders a pizza to be delivered to the Planet (laughs) Fitness. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's, I'm not there yet. That's the whole thing about a resolution. It's a thing to work on. So, so fewer parlays, fewer, I'm not saying none. I'm a big, listen, especially with the NFL. Like, if you think I'm not going to sit there this Sunday and just absolutely create, like, take all the one o'clock games and just do a money line parlay and hope that I get it right. Because I've come so close. So, so close. So, like, just all I gotta do is hit it one time and I'll be so, so happy. I got my FanDuel, like, year in review thing and, and I've done pretty well. Like, overall, like, it's not bad because you just gotta hit a couple times and the money, it works out. I mean, the thing about parlays, which, they're so much fun. They are fun. And I think that's a good thing. That's a good thing for gambling in general, right? It should be about fun. So I don't want to tell you not to do it. But I think that you should do parlays that are different from your normal bets. Yeah. So don't take two bets that you're going to make and that's fair. jam them together. What I've really started to enjoy is the same game parlay. I love to go in and find props and kind of build something out in a game. Like, sure. you know... Yeah, that's a good example. This is too in the moment for a podcast, but there happens to be a Monday night football game tonight with the Bills and Chiefs, and I've got like, or sorry, Bills and Bengals, and I've got like a Stephon Diggs to have this many receiving yards, and Jamar Chase to have this many, you know, like those are fun because then you're watching the game, and every time Joe Burrow throws Jamar Chase the ball, I'm going to be like, yes, let's go, let's go, you know, and like if he throws it to somebody else, I'm pissed. Like I like having those emotions, but fewer parlays. Okay. Not none. That's good. You yeah. No, you don't need to get rid of them all. Yeah. I'll go ahead and list my gambling one, okay. which is to live bet more. So that's one thing that a lot of times I'll get. I'll, I want to watch a game. I want to bet on it. And I get that line at the beginning and I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird. This line, I don't really know what to make of it, but I, I'm i going to pick this team. Yeah. And the game happens and I'm stuck betting on this team. Sometimes it's a loser from right from the gate. Like you just look and you're like, that team is not going to mm-hmm. win and my mm-hmm. bet's not going to win. And I don't like live bet it. I don't fix it. But you have the opportunity to fix it in the moment yeah. watching the game. Yeah. Why not live bet more? Yeah. I feel like I can do that. I, I'm pretty good when it comes to live betting. I'm pretty good at like reading sports and seeing what I think is going to happen when I am actually like attuned to it. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. You've kind of gotten me into this more because you do it. You do it some. Yeah. Um, especially in times where there's a game where like a team jumps out to a lead that you don't really expect to, so then right. you're able to get the real favorite at like either a smaller line or or you even get some plus and you're like, "Go oh, give me some points." Are right, you right, kidding right. me? Right. I feel like when we've been together and we've seen that, it's like, "Absolutely, I want this favorite plus three and a half or something." Like that's unbelievable. Yeah, I love that. Love a good live bet. But I but I in and I think the problem is like I'm okay live betting, but it's I I gotta let go. I have mm. to be able to let go. Of Especially that bet. of your preconceived your the bet you had before the game. Right. So like if I were to bet like if I were to bet on the Monday night game and it's minus one for the Bills. Yeah. And then suddenly the Bills are down three touchdowns. Yeah. Like 
that that minus one bet's not coming. It's gone. It's money's so gone. So then you want a live bet with the idea that you're not considering what your previous bet was at all. Right. I'm you're just fi- like I'm going to fix it. I'm, I'm jumping gonna, in new. I'm. That's right. It's just the past is the past. Leave it there. It's a sunk cost. It's a sunk that's cost. solid economics. That's Look right. at this. This that's is right. an economics that's, podcast. We are an economics podcast. Yeah. Let's go. Love that. My, this next one's not really sports gambling related, but okay. I consider it in a similar vein. And this one I've already pretty much committed to, and I'm there, but I just I want to hold myself to it by putting it on this podcast. Okay. No more fantasy sports. I'm done. Yeah. No more fantasy Love football. It. No more fantasy basketball, which I've done in the past. I've tinkered in some fantasy baseball in the past. None of it. I'm out. No more fantasy. You know why? Because fantasy sucks. It does. This is my hot take. Fantasy football, all of it is garbage. It's not actually fun. That's it's really right. not. You sit there and you like absolutely like stress out about who to start, who to pick up on the waivers, all this shit. I don't care about what Jarek McKinnon does this week. I don't care. <laughs> like you force yourself to care and then what happens? Some random player explodes for 30 points and you lose a championship and you lose money just because a thing that no one could have predicted is going to happen. And then ultimately what happens is the people that you're in our league with talk shit about it. And they're like, yeah, I won this. And it's like, yes, that's because you got lucky, right? Or the guy that you played against forgot to set your set his lineups or something like that. It's stupid. And like, it's just, you're not a GM. You're, you're not. Like, we're all just regular people. Fantasy football, all of it is dumb. I'm done with it. Well, it also takes away from the sports stuff that we know is important. So yes. like... Anyone who pays any attention knows that an offensive and defensive lines are super important and are the driving force behind football. And then in fantasy football, you just ignore them. They're irrelevant. This guy caught a three-yard touchdown pass that was the only catch of the day. Boom. Great that I started him. Yes. My my greatest argument or piece of evidence for why fantasy football is stupid is Mike Tolbert. (laughs) Mike Tolbert mattered. And he was a Panther, and he mattered for the Panthers. He did score some touchdowns, but like those are touchdowns that Jonathan Stewart or Cam Newton or somebody else could have scored too. They would have been scored either way. But the fact that it was Mike Tolbert made him relevant, and like good for him. I'm happy for that bowling ball of a man. But like, <laughs> it's stupid that we as people put invest ourselves in this. So I had one fantasy football league left that I said this is my last year. I stayed in it this year just because out of loyalty to the people. And I said, these are some good guys. I'm going to stay in. They're fine. Some of them are really good. Some (laughs) of them are just really annoying. But it's fine. I stayed in it. I was like, I'm going to do this one more year and then I'm out. It was my Jordan like last dance situation. I paid attention to it all year. Made the playoffs. Was like the three seed. Had a pretty solid year. Had some great late season pickups. Jarek McKinnon was one of them. Um, Deontay Foreman like had some guys that made a real big difference. Playoffs arrived. Guess what? I forgot it was the playoffs. I didn't set my lineup. No. Yeah. So I lost. You know what? I don't give a shit. I really don't care. Like I lost, and that that day I had like Jarek McKinnon and some other like late season pickup who happened to be on my bench who scored like thirty points each. And I could have easily blown the guy out, but I didn't. And he was the sixth seed. Six teams make the playoffs, and now he's in the championship. And I'm, he might win, depending on what happens tonight in Monday Night Football. Good for him. I'm happy because he cares. But I don't. I'm out. Fantasy football, never again in my life. That's not a New Year's resolution. That's a rest of my life resolution. Okay. I will never touch fantasy sports again. I am so glad you brought this up because this is a tangent to my next one. Love it. Which is... I'm not filling out a bracket this year. Whoa! I'm not doing it. I I love I love no. I'm not doing it. I love the tournament. I love betting on the tournament. 
and I love rooting against teams that I want to lose. And I'm not going to be bullied into putting UNC in the Final Four with Duke and a bunch of other schools that I don't like just because there's a 1 in 86 billion chance that... I, no, I'm not doing it. I'm, you know what? I'm just going to... Out of the gate, I hope UNC loses. I hope they don't make the tournament. Like, But I hope they lose by 40 to Mercer. Like, let's go. I hated it when you first said it. Like, that came out of your mouth, and I was like, that is stupid. No, I love the I'm tournament. I'm actually kind of with you. No, I love the tournament. It's You know what? It's fine if you want to fill one out and you just want to put it in ESPN's thing, and yeah, yeah, yeah. then, like, you get a billion dollars, which you won't. I'll but probably still do that. That's fine, but I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do, like, a, like with a, people you a know. fantasy thing or, yeah. like, the work. Like, the office has a pool. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to be bull. And then I also don't want to be in those conversations where it's like, it's just, it's the same thing with fantasy football where everyone's like, oh, I had Jalen Hurts. So, whatever. People are like, oh, I had Kansas going to the Elite mm. Eight. So, that didn't, that's all it is. It's yeah. it's a superficial conversation. Yeah. No, I don't want to be a part of it. I well, want to love the tournament for what it is and yeah. watch it and root for whatever I want. In that game and just be like, yeah, I like this. It, that, I understand that. And I think I'm actually, I got to think about it some more, but I might be on board with you. The because ultimately what happens is you enter a pool and some some numbskull is just like ah, I like the way Gardner Webb sounds right um, or something like that and they end up doing better than everyone else and you know they like they've never watched a full college basketball game and people like you and I spend hours watching basketball yep. pouring over yep. stats yep. And, and consulting with Ken Palm and all this stuff and and get it wrong. So, or, or like, yeah, I consider our um, uh, cover five thing for the NFL and our right. friend who is going to win that, who right. doesn't, who has watched maybe two NFL games all season and it was with us and doesn't know how to spell Oregon. And like, <laughs> the, like, the, you know, there's just things like that. And, and I've found myself caring less about my bracket over the past few years and just doing like the ESPN. Like, sure, I'll put it in just in case. It'd be cool to win a car or something like that. But it, it, yeah, I, I used to do it with my dad. I used to do it with my dad. We'd fill out brackets and compare, and you're like, right. get really competitive about it. And yeah, I'd rather just turn on that random three fourteen, the three seed and the fourteen uh, uh, seed, and just watch it and decide in that moment. I want to be able to decide right there. I don't want to commit to, ooh, I need Baylor to win this because you know that right. would help my bracket. Right. Yeah. So the the, th- the where this crystallized for me last year, I was watching the tournament at a friend's house with my wife, and my wife's grandparents went to St. Peter's uh-huh. and she grew up in New Jersey. And so it was super cool to see St. Peter's win. It was just a super yeah. cool experience to see this 15 seed come in and beat Kentucky and then win the next game. Right. And I was like kind of mad at the time. I was like, ah, oh, this, this really makes me upset. This ruins some of my plans. Why? Like right. I should have been thrilled that St. Peter's won a game. Like that's amazing for them. It's the best thing that's ever happened to them. Yeah. Awesome. And it like I was in a bad mood about it. Like I don't want to be that way. Like if I'm in a bad mood, it's because I lost a bet. Right. That's it. Right. Like on that game, it's not a I big picture. And I never would have bet on Kentucky. Like yeah. I'm not going to bet on Kentucky to beat St. Peter's. And I'm no. never going to bet on Carolina or Duke because I have a no. soul. So like, no. yeah. I okay. I think I'm with you. There you go. There we'll you never go. have a podcast like official bracket competition. Yeah, we'll have to figure out what that will be like. We'll have to be. We'll have to. We'll have to do something. See, I like more of 
Yeah, we'll look at that because I do like sometimes picking an underdog and being like, I love this. This is the upset. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But fine. but in the context of a bracket, I don't know if I care as much. Okay. Yeah. All right. This maybe ties into the going to more things potentially. I don't know. I want to get more into hockey. Oh, okay. I So I've been like kind of into hockey. I So hockey for me is very much a – I've been very blessed over the last couple of years – to have this be relevant as a Canes fan, mm. I've been very much like I just save it up until the playoffs, and then or like the the final run of the regular season into the playoffs, and then I'm like, yeah, hockey, let's go. But I just want to get more into it. Period. Like, I, you know, I want to know some things. I want to be able to tell you. Like right now, I can't tell you who the best player or like some of the best players in the NHL are unless it's still Ovechkin and Crosby and Malkin and. It's not. Yeah, it's not. So like I, I, I struggle with that, right? I wanna get I wanna get into hockey. I wanna get you know, starting with following the canes a little bit more passionately. I did this with the Braves a few years back and I was like, all right, but it became clear and this is I will admit, like fair weatherish. I mean I follow the Braves all through the bad years. Don't get me wrong. I watched those games and like watched them lose a ton of games. But as they were like clearly going to get better, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna gear this up. And so with the Canes, I, I think it's the same thing. I just need to, like, I want to get a little bit more into it. I want to go to some games. Those games down there are fun. You know, they they seem poised to inevitably make the playoffs. I want to go to a playoff game. Um, are the Caps looking like a playoff team this year? Yeah, they weren't initially. They had kind of a bad first quarter of the season. Okay. They, they've been one of the hottest teams in the league. They've sure. won, like, 10 out of their last 12 games. Which the Canes have been very hot, too. Yeah. So, right. so. Whether it's a Canes Caps playoff series or independent of each other, I think we should go. I think we should make that a, you know, it's not really a podcast thing because we're more college sports focused. Sure. And college hockey, I'm sorry, that's a, it might be a bridge too far for me, but just because the schools I care about don't play. I think hockey is the one pro sport where I can watch any two teams and be entertained. I, I agree. I, I love I, hockey. If I commit to sitting down and watching it, I always enjoy right. it. I just never, it, I rarely, especially this time of year, see it on TV, and I'm like, I'm going to watch that. Right. But it's like, from for me, the only pro sport, like, I can watch Dallas and Vegas, and I'm entertained and it, have a vested interest. Yeah. But, like, if I watch the Timberwolves and the Jazz, it's like, okay, I don't really care. Or, like, two NFL teams, I really don't care. But the hockey, for me, hockey is that okay. sport. So, I, so I can help you with you're that. You're my key to this. Yeah. Because I'm not that. quite that way. I, I am that way with the NBA. I can watch mm-hmm. any NBA game, and I'm like... On the edge of my seat, on Twitter, like looking at stuff, like you know the. Um, but hockey, I, I just want to get more into it. Okay, I yeah. can help you with that. Okay. Right. My last one here is, I think, primarily driven by us being coaches, but uh-huh. but by how I am as a coach, but also as a fan, I want to get to a place where I enjoy wins more and mm. uh, perseverate less over losses Mm. so like right now i feel like the overton window of where i am as a fan is like a loss is like crippling in some circumstances sometimes it's not but like i get really frustrated and fixated on like we could have done this we could have if only this play had worked and then this and then a win it's like oh particularly as a uva fan because a lot of uva games somehow turn into these like white knuckle Mm -hmm. whatever as soon as the game's over, I'm like, oh, thank God we won. That's right. it, That's all that matters. But, like, I also want to, like, enjoy the fact that I, 
like particularly as a college sports fan, UVA fan, like things have been pretty good right now for us as a. You're in as, that position to win we're games. In, we're yeah. in, we're going to win a lot of games. Like we haven't been. I, it was never this way when I went to college. Like we had right. one year we went to the tournament. So, like, it's great, and I want to be able to enjoy it, have joy. For whatever period of time that is, appreciate that there's a win, even if it's an ugly win. And then, like, a loss, I just want to be able to move on. I'm, I'm never going to be fully perfect in that, but, mm-hmm. like, that's the... I want to shift that window a little bit more, the injury yeah. wins. I did feel like, I, like I said, I made five resolutions, and I had this one as kind of a overarching resolution that I was going to bring yeah. up at the end. But I, I just want to have more fun as a sports fan. I, sure. I think that sports fans often are overly critical... And we want to point out what's wrong and always have solutions to things and armchair quarterback it all. And just here's what, ha- like, okay, I know this, we, we don't do a ton of pro sports, but this is just relevant to the last few days for me. I'm a big Carolina Panthers fan. We kind of had started this improbable push to potentially win the division and make the playoffs and lost to Tampa Bay this past Sunday to end it and, you know, get eliminated. Um, in a game we probably should have won and all this stuff. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching this. And it, it was interesting because I'm down in Charlotte, watched it with my parents down there, was driving back up here. But we stopped at a um, store down in Charlotte to pick up some local beer to bring back whatever. And I, it just happened. I had a Panther shirt on. So this guy came up to me and talked to me and made some comment about like, man, you're going to need that beer with what the Panthers did today. And like all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? In that moment, I was like, yeah, but I appreciate that there was a chance. Sure. This team wasn't supposed to be good. And, and can we just enjoy those things? Like, as yeah. sports fans, can we enjoy the little things when your team is better than expected? Your team is more relevant than you thought they would be? They give you a, a reason for hope? I mean, uh, to me, if we're thinking about the fact that probably the majority of our audience is UVA fans because of the Sabre, like, what better example than you're a one seed and you lose to a 16 seed, and I'm sorry to keep bringing it up, but it's like the ultimate despair. But then they come right back mm-hmm. and do it the next year. Like that's the beauty of sports. Like this, this should just be fun, as bad as it could be. Losing to a 16 seed, that is that is the worst. The bo- that's the bottom of the pit. It's not good. There's and then you turn the corner and there's something really great. So you know, I, I that that to me is the fun of sports. Sometimes it really really sucks and it hurts, and we invest ourselves and we make a choice to care a lot about a thing that we're not really personally involved <laughs> in, right? Uh, um, we, we like, one of the things that is a pet peeve, but I do it too, right? Like, our teams lose, and we're like, yeah, we should have won that game. Like, we were on the field or on the court, right. right? That's cool, though, that we're able to invest ourselves in it. But, like, have fun with it. It's a game. It's supposed to be fun. Sometimes your teams aren't going to be good, and that's okay. Enjoy the fact that, like, Maybe you're developing young players. Maybe, you know, guys are getting experience that aren't otherwise going to get experience. Or the fact that you're a bad team means that somewhere down the road you might upset somebody. Louisville's going to beat somebody. And those guys are going to be over the moon yep. because they're going to beat Pitt. And and in a regular year, Louisville doesn't care if they beat Pitt. Anyway, I'm kind of on my soapbox now, but yeah, I think, yeah. like, this thing should be fun. My last resolution is not nearly as, like, <laughs> we could maybe sw- I don't know, whatever. I, it's root more against Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's materialistic. I um I want to over the course of the next year get a current jersey 
for each team that I pull for. Like, mm-hmm. have... Because, I, I mean, I don't... I mean, right now, seriously, I have no... Like, the Panthers jersey I've been wearing the last few weeks has been my Cam Newton jersey. Because I have a Christian McCaffrey jersey. They traded him, and I refuse to wear a jersey for a player that is active and playing for another team. Sure. So I don't have anything. So I, I need to... Like, it's hard always to... I, I have a personal curse. If I buy a jersey for somebody, like, they're gone. Like, it just, <laughs> it just happens. So, like, when the Panthers... Um, Went to the Super Bowl back in like 2004, 2003, 2004 season. I bought a Deshaun Foster jersey. Oh no! Um, oh, and he no. didn't he didn't leave immediately, but he, you know what he did the next year? He changed jersey numbers. Yeah. So the uh, uh, and then like Cam. Well, so you just left. gotta sell those. You gotta sell those on eBay because yeah. somebody you won't get all your money back. But no. then you can get an. It's kind of like when you buy the new version of Madden every right, year, right? right? Like you you never get your full version, but like you could sell it back. Yeah. So I think like. Eventually, my Cam Newton jersey will be worth a decent amount. Sure. You know, my Christian McCaffrey jersey might be, I don't know, when these guys are in the Hall of Fame with, some, you know, somebody else's team. Yeah, but I just, I want to get, like, an updated, you know, I have, like, Hornets jerseys. I have a Kimba Walker and a Michael <laughs> Kidd Gilchrist. Uh, you need a Tavo Taravainen jersey. That's right. Uh, yeah, I do. I don't have a Canes jersey at all. Yeah. So maybe those two things go hand in hand. You know, obviously college sports are different because they... Yeah, they're gone right. at some point. But um, yeah, I, I just was thinking about that. I was like, I want, I want some updated swag. But I also feel like so. What's going to happen too? This is actually part of my resolution: is the Panthers are in need of a, a uniform update. I feel like okay. So what'll happen is I'll buy a new jersey, like a Brian Burns jersey, and they're just going to redesign. The <laughs> they're going to they're going to change to the Carolina Adams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something will change, and it'll just be like great. Uh, I got the right player. Carolina Commanders. He plays the red. <laughs> the, hey, uh, Major Tutty. Yeah. Okay. New mascot. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, he's great. Yeah, but I want some. I want some jerseys to wear to these these more events that we're going to. Also, like if we go to like first four or something, I'm picking a team and I'm buying swag and I'm just going for it. So because we do this for the Super Bowl, you do it and I yeah, picked it up last yeah, yeah. year. Yeah. As you know, I'm a big fan of just like random college yeah. and sports. Games. I love it. I'm, I'm right. So glad. like I I. Uh, I, I feel like I you know I feel like it's not a resolution of mine, but I just keep uh, stay the course, keep getting into some teams, buy some buy some uniform. It's okay to root for some teams that you buy have some, no. You're, you're wearing a Tulane. I'm wearing right a Tulane shirt right now, which feels great. You hear they're expanding. Be... Pardon? Yeah, they're gonna be four lane. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> I think I used that in our first episode. I think you did. Yeah. So you keep using it. This is the Tulane joke. It's, uh, it's a new segment. That's right. Yeah, I, I mean, I probably could think of more things. I, I just, I like yours of just, just enjoying the ups more than you focus on the downs. I one thing as a as a Capitals fan that I'm trying to do that's associated with that is like appreciate, like Ovechkin right now is going for the goal record mm-hmm. and he's set some records. How close this year. is he? It's gonna take him another two seasons probably. Oh wow. But he just he just became second overall, right? Does he have two seasons in him? Yeah. Okay. But uh Russian machine never break. <laughs> uh but just like and it looked like they weren't going to be very good this year and they've kind of had a turnaround, but they're uh-huh. probably they're probably not good enough to win the Stanley Cup. Okay. But just like appreciate the fact that he's been there and like you have this opportunity to watch one of the greatest players ever. Mm. Like you could be a Browns fan, like there are yeah. a lot. Of, there are people walking around in the world, maybe listening to this podcast, who are Browns fans. 
And they you just sh- have to they just have to live with that. That's hard. Like I'm you know what? Like Capitals fans have gone through a lot, but like at least I'm not a Browns fan. Like that's yeah. Just I'm gonna I'll I say a little prayer every night that just for Browns fans. No, well, they chose that. They chose that line. That's on them. But just that I'm not. Just thinking that you didn't inherit that. Right. I yeah. didn't, I wasn't predisposed to rooting for yeah, people. Yeah. So. Yeah, Veshkin's only 37, but which is old in real life. Time. But uh, the he does, he looks way older. He is definitely older. He has the same gray beard. If he grows out a beard in the hockey in the playoffs, it, mm. it looks very much like mine. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just like. I feel like he's older than he says he is. Uh, the yeah, well, listen, I, I just think everybody should strive to have more fun with sports. Let's do it. That's it. That should be your resolution, Saber fans, people, and other people who listen, is to just enjoy sports more. Just enjoy the little things. Enjoy those Tony Bennett press conferences. <laughs> the most fun thing there is. Those steely stares that he gives. Enjoy those. You know, one way that you can enjoy sports more? What's that? Is if you subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. You, on in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of the other places that podcasts are offered. If you hit the, like, subscribe button, then you get the podcast sent directly to you through the magic of the internet. And you get to up. hear these silky smooth voices That's talking right. about Don't Tony Bennett. That's right. It's sent right to you. You don't even have to search for them. And if you like what you hear, then great. I hope you do. But also... And if you don't, then hate listen. That's true. Yeah, send Just it to... You. listen out of... Send it to Aunt Gertie, who you really can't stand <laughs> listen, after what she gave you honestly, for Honestly, nothing would be more on brand with uh, the two hosts of this podcast than, than people listening, listening just because they hate us. <laughs> Like that's, God damn it! I hate them, but I I'll fight to the death their ability to speak. I'm gonna freely. I'm gonna listen to this so, so that I can disagree uh, and be active on you know saber message boards or leaving reviews or uh, you know commenting on the social media that I keep saying I'm gonna create for this. We're, we're, we'll get to it. We will. It's coming. We will. Right. Uh, yeah, this was fun. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.